You've arrived. You've arrived. To the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go. What is up, folks? Bob Dog, Nipple Whiskers Podcast once again checking in with you. The legend continues, man. The legend continues. I appreciate y'all for being in attendance, man. Truly appreciate y'all. Give it up for y'all real quick, real quick. Oh, man, what a day, what a day. So the uh, topic of today is going to be, I think, emotionlessness. I'm only going to say that because I was told, basically explain that for the last hour this morning, riding in the car with my lady, my significant other, who I've been with for like five years, and just thinking about all that. Now, I wanted to come back, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about my growing up. I'm going to go back to that point after my mom left is what I'm going to go to. But what's on my mind right now, I just want to put it on record and just a thought that I want to, you know, remember. Um, my dad, when I was a child, always told me that if you want a successful marriage to, you know, get in a partnership with someone whose parents are still together and that, you know, at the time it didn't really make sense to me. And then I, you know, I, I believe I asked him about it a little while down the line after I thought about it for a little while. I remember I was like a kid. I remember. And I asked him, like, why do you think that is? And he said, uh, because they don't understand giving up. They didn't grow up with failing, like walking away from it and giving up. So that it's not an option in their mind where everybody else, you know, where the people that see it on the other side, you know, see the single singleness and the, and I don't, I don't understand. Maybe you get it from where I'm putting, you know, I'll just put that on the table. I'll look deeper into that within, um, the thing that I came up with myself, just looking back and writing up this episode and just thinking about it all was basically, I think that, um, when you grow up without both parents and like my dad was mostly in the garage or doing his own thing, you learn to be a lot of your habits are solo habits. A lot of the things that you do are lonely things. So when it comes to having somebody else in your life, like it's kind of, you're not used to having somebody else there. And even if you're not used to it, I think when, you know, end of the day, we all end up in our comfort thing. We all have a lot of habits that we don't even realize just because we do them so often um, that they're basically patterns that we don't even recognize at this point. I think it's very weird. And, you know, it, it says a lot when people can do that. And I think we, most of us do do that. Um, it's very interesting. Like breathing, you definitely don't focus on breathing. It just kind of happens. It's, it's just how things go in life. With that being said, let's go back to emotionlessness. All right, all right. So this is something I probably know a lot about. Um, definitely, people. You know, it was something that I was very good at when it came after after a while. I think when my mom left, I was very emotional, fella. I remember crying one time before a motorcycle race when I was a kid, just out of nerves. You know, just nervousness and not knowing what to do with it. And I just let it out in the form of tears, and my mom hugging me, and my dad just like scorning me, like, "What? What are you doing?" Like come on, man, like you're about to race. I just, I do remember that feeling. It's kind of weird because I didn't think about that even right in the episode, but there was definitely a motorcycle race somewhere in there when my mom was there where I, you know, I was just, it was scared, man. It was my first 50 race and I just started crying. And the next thing I know, like my dad came up and was just like, what are you doing? Like, da da da, and just like scorned me for crying. So I'm like, that might be kind of a, why I didn't cry later in life. However, with that being said, 
bring it back to the story, back to the story. So my mom, once she left, for those that don't know, you know, my mom, she took off um, with my, you know, who became my stepdad, but basically her boss at work, who she used to talk a lot of crap about and just say that he was an asshole and always yelling and da 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 well, eventually, you know, she went on a business trip to New Orleans at the airport. My dad told me, like, that's your mom's new boyfriend. My dad already knew. However, he, he didn't, I didn't witness anything other than that. That's the only thing I remember at the time. Not saying a bunch of stuff wasn't going on and he wasn't questioning her left and right. But I believe that was before cell phones. Maybe pagers were around, but there was something shady going on. That would have been something to try to get away with all this stuff back before cell phones and any type of privacy because when you had home phones you couldn't just call each other you had to know when somebody was at work or something like dang i didn't even think about that till right now but with that being said mama left um we're in i think end of third grade i'm trying i you know i've for years i've always just put up the end of third grade somewhere around there because i think i got decent grades in third grade by fourth grade i failed you know by fourth grade i was failing classes uh school was over basically at that point my mom left. I don't think I ever did homework again. Um, that wasn't something that my dad really focused on, but he did ask us all the time. I just lied, man. I was a liar at that point because he would ask us every day, do your homework? Yep. Do your homework? Yep. Do your homework? Yep. Do your homework? Yep. How many days did I do that? Thousands. Um, with that being said, once my mom left, it, it's kind of crazy because I'm trying to think back and I don't remember too much. The things that I do remember is prior to my mom leaving, I, w- I raced a lot of BMX, um, bicycle racing, and I was really good at it. I remember my dad's house is full of trophies, a lot of first-place trophies. I raced over in Riverside and Paris. Um, I definitely had a GT. I started on a GT with the real thin tires. Uh, it's still amazed at how those worked. I did really good on those. Then I got a red line, and I remember racing on that a lot. I raced at Cole Canyon, um, Lake Paris. I was racing quite a quite a bit of places. I got third in the World Nationals, I know, because that giant trophy is in my dad's house. Um, I loved racing. I got sponsored, and I remember that, and it was, like, super psyched. Once my mom left, I never raced again. I remember that BMX fell out. I don't think I ever went to the track with her again. I went one time with my stepdad, and... I was in first. I was murky. I fell in practice. It was a double, and I would hit this double, and I would land on the outside of it because I would hit the berm and then shoot to the inside. But on the outside, there was this loose dirt, and my front tire caught it in practice. I remember I went down. I got up. I did my heat race. I won my heat race. I was winning in the finals, and I came around on the last turn, and my tire hit that loose dirt, and I went down again, man. I remember I got second that day. The dude barely beat me, but I should have won that race. I'm an idiot. Uh, not really. I just, I, I love the competition, man. It was awesome. I was smashing. I had first, man. I fell on my own. It was, it was foolishness. But the same spot I fell during practice, too. Just mass, smashing, man. When you come off, the, come off the jump and you land on your front wheel down, and when your front wheel washes out, it's game over. Um, that, when my mom left, so I remember BMX just disappearing, and food. When it, I don't think we ever had, like, a real dinner from that point on in that house ever again um when my mom left she used to make dinners all the time you know for whatever they were worth um i've definitely had some amazing dinners and my palate has expanded since then Ooh, that was a good way to put it but with that being said it was it was gold when my mom left i remember having tv dinners and my dad used to make some goulash which was noodles 
a little bit of tomato sauce because I remember some redness, but it was super dry. Um, some peas. There was like all types of uh, uh, hamburger meat. I think that might have been it, but it was it was it was it tasted like what it sounded like. Goulash. Y'all, some of y'all know. I don't. I don't really know, but I remember having to eat that. Um, cube steaks and just TV dinners. A whole lot of TV dinners. That was interesting part of life and laundry. The biggest part I remember was my mom always took care of laundry. When my dad took over, all of our black shirts went gray. I do remember that. I don't know if he washed everything in hot or what happened, but I just remember the laundry getting bad, and we had to start folding our own laundry at that point. So he would do the washing. He'd throw it on the couch, and then once it got thrown on the couch, we had to fold it and put it away. I do remember that part. Um, When my mom left, all, all three of my dad's daughters had moved out. So my mom had one daughter, Christina, and she stayed in in the house um, with my dad. And her and my dad supposedly didn't get along. I'm not really sure what the deal was, but she definitely stayed with me, my brother, and my dad. And she stayed there for a little while after my mom moved out. So my mom moved out. She just left with his stepdad. And left her daughter, basically, at that point. I'm not sure what exactly was going on. I know her daughter didn't really, after that, was always tell stories about my dad, like, mistreating her or something. Not in, not in a sexual way, in any way. Um, but, like, just like, my dad, my dad would spank us. I believe he was brought to court for spanking one of my sisters. And when the judge asked him, you know, what he'd do next time, my dad said he'd do it again. Like, my dad was that type of dad. Um... I do remember after my mom left, now that we think of that, well, that's when we started getting the paddle. My dad used to spank us by hand one day, and then one day I think I laughed. I messed up, and I laughed, or I didn't cry or something. And I had to go in the backyard, and he fetched this piece of wood. Oh, man, I was crying after that. So my brother, same thing. We had the paddle. The paddle sat up on the shelf. You did not want the paddle to come down, but it would occasionally. we definitely get it, but that was part of growing up. That was a consequence. You didn't want that consequence, but you would get it. Um, my sister, this is an interesting one because I don't remember her being in the house much. I remember her dropping out of high school. I'm not sure what the deal was. Um, what I do remember my very first memory, and this is when it all happened. And this is why to this day, I've never tried drugs. Um, I smoked a lot of pot, but when it came to drugs and trying drugs, I've never touched them. Well, I've touched them a lot. I've never digested them on purpose. Put it that way. I have never purposely done drugs um, ever in my life. And then, you know, that I don't even take pride in it. It's actually like I wish I could, but I just know my personality. I have an addictive personality. And if I smoke crack once, I'd be the biggest crackhead on this planet. So I have no problem saying that. Um, I'd be an awesome crackhead. I tell all my friends that. But they don't believe me. They don't think I'd be annoying. And... I think I'd be 10 times the awesomeness. However, I never tried drugs, probably because of this moment. I remember being a kid. Um, I was definitely in T-ball, T-ball and stuff. We went to the World Series in our little T-ball organization. Uh, Coach Jerry, man, love you. Love Coach Jerry, man, out there. RIP Rick, man, love you too. Um, a lot of, you know, that family is nothing but love, nothing but love. That was my coach when I was on the T-ball team. He's still pushing. Um, I know he had something to do with inventing the little coffee things that you get at Starbucks that come at an angle, like a 45-degree angle, because he had crutches for something, and 
used to carry his coffee with the crutch things, and he invented something that they started selling at Starbucks. So I think he made decent money. I think he did all right. With that being said, oh, man. So I don't even know how I went. Oh, T-ball bet. As a kid, I remember my sister coming home one day, and she had a boyfriend, and she came home talking about, yeah, my boyfriend, I saw him with another girl at the club, and I came home, and he's trying to get me. I remember that. He's trying to get me, and da 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 and he's he's coming. He's outside with his friends, don't you? And you know he had like a low rider, a mini truck or something. I don't really remember, but something about the stereos. And she was like, "Yeah, their stereos are parked on the next street. Like, can't you hear them? Da da da. You hear their cars? Da da da. They're coming to get me." And I was like, "I don't hear them." I remember that as a kid. I remember grabbing my t-ball bat, and I went in there as my sister was freaking out. And I had my T-ball bat, and I was like, don't worry. Like, I got you. I'll protect you. And then I was like, and Dad has guns, so don't worry. And, you know, Dad, Dad's got us. And then uh, I remember my dad just, like, coming in, and he was like, get out. Get out of the house right now. And I was like, what What do you What do you mean? Like, in my eyes as a little kid, I'm like, there's people out there waiting to get her. And he's just telling her, like, get out of the house right now. And I remember him kicking her out at that point in just life, like, tripping because that's when all my sister was basically like a second mom at that point because my mom had left but at least we had like my sister I could talk to my sister my sister and my sister man I had a really deep connection with her still do but not really but I do if we see each other it's nothing but love but I don't talk to her often enough um with that being said she was wigging out man she was wigging out my dad kicked her out from that you know that day forward it was just the guys it was me my little brother and my dad so my dad, amazing dad. I mean, I wish I would be a success if I was half the dad that he is. That would be, you know, best way I can put that. Emotionally, whoa. You know what I mean? Me and my son, like, we have fun. We, we hang out. We, we chill. Like, I hang out with my son every, every chance that I get. He's literally, like, one of my best friends. My dad and I, we were very different, very different. He was always there. He provided everything that he could. Um, which wasn't very much, but it was, you know, house-wise, it was awesome. He gave us a house, a roof over our head. That's probably something he didn't have as a kid because, man, he held it down with that. Nutrition-wise, oh, man, we lived off of those fake-ass Pop-Tarts. They're nasty, man. They taste like cardboard. Nowadays, I get name-brand Pop-Tarts for, like, my kids, and they're not even, they don't even taste that good. But those generic ones, there's certain things you can and can't do. Like, he would get the generic cereal that would come in those giant bags. And those didn't taste too bad. You know, those were decent. But there's certain things you just can't buy generic. Um, Pop-Tarts was one that I truly remember. I know there's other things out there, but they're not hitting my mind because my mind's wrapped in my childhood. Um, Oh, bunk toilet paper, man. Don't ever get those. That, that prison paper is what I call it. But don't don't get that single-ply stuff, man. We're fighting. If I got to wrap it around my hand and use half the roll just to get it. No, man, it, it's a squabble now. Even if it was free, I don't care. Um. With that being said, that stuff is bad for the economy. That's, that's a waste of paper right there. All right, all right, all right. So the food change, BMX change, laundry change, and my sister, you know, she got kicked out, and that was my first real interaction with drugs that I remember. I'm sure there was more. It was always around. Um, you know, definitely my mom has a past with it. Every one of my sisters basically has a past with drugs, so I'm not sure, you know, I was blinded before, you know, as we're kids, we're blinded to certain stuff. So I'm not sure exactly what was going on. I do remember my mom screaming at my sister once and throwing all the Fisher Price, 
you know, like the play set that makes into a little fort with a slide. Her throwing that over my back gate as she was screaming. That probably had something to do with drugs, but um, I don't remember. So my home life, once my mom left and my sister left, it basically consisted, and this is what I remember because I think my mom was still around when we were going to karate, but when I was talking to my mom about karate uh, a couple days ago, she acted like she didn't really remember. So maybe that was after my mom left. So I'm going to include karate there because we definitely started going to karate. And we were in karate heavily up until, I want to say red belt. I think at brown belt or we made it to brown belt. It was one of the either brown belt or black belt or maybe we didn't make it to brown or black. We made it to brown and didn't get the black. Because at some point my dad, from what my dad said, was our hands were going to be considered lethal weapons. Like you get you get certified, like blah, blah, blah. I don't know if what he was talking about was true, but that's what we were always told. Um, and at that point he pulled us out and put us into, you know, different sports such as football or something. But we definitely got pulled out of karate at some point. I don't really remember why. But I do remember one day we showed up for karate and no sensei showed up. Our, we had a white sensei, a white guy, old white guy. And he just didn't show up. So everybody was sitting there. We all left, went home. So we missed a week of karate. The next week we went back, there was a, a black gentleman. I forget his name. I was a super kid. But I, I remember they were all awesome. All of my senseis were awesome. But I do remember one of my senseis just not being there. He just stopped, you know, no warning or anything. And then we thought he was going to be back, like maybe he was sick. But then he never came back, and we had a new sensei, basically, is what I remember. Um, we went to that for quite a while, you know, still went to tournaments and everything. That sensei was awesome. And then I remember getting pulled over as a kid. I was in my dad's Dodge. He had a Dodge Ram. And um, he had this seatbelt, so it was a weird year of the Dodge Ram. It was a newer truck for him. I remember he was super excited because he always had older, like, we had an old uh, Dodge Power Wagon. That's what it's called. Kind of like a Ford Bronco. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a Bronco, but um, is a is a a little bit different. So we had a Power Wagon. I remember him getting pulled over, going over an island because he didn't go. He didn't want to go down the street to make a U-turn around it. So in the Power Wagon, he just went over the island and got pulled over. Other than that, I don't think he ever got pulled over in his freaking life. Um, so yeah, that was my dad. So, cop pulled us over, and I remember being in our gi with our belts on and everything, and my dad being like, we're getting pulled over. And I was like, oh, dang, I didn't have my seatbelt on. So, I reached up with my left hand, I grabbed my seatbelt, I pulled it across real quick, buckled it, and then when the cop came up, he was like, hey, da-da-da, and he looked at us, he was like, oh, you guys just leaving karate, we're like, yeah, yeah, he was like, oh, I saw something white go out of the passenger window. He was like, white. He was like, yeah, I thought it was a cigarette, but he was like, but it doesn't smell like cigarettes, and I clearly see that the passenger isn't smoking. So the cop ultimately let us go. And I always think back to that day. I was like, man, it was probably just a super cool cop. Knew I didn't have my seatbelt on, probably saw it. And uh, basically when he pulled us over, just saw that we were in our you know karate gi, and then I, or maybe it was just that he didn't see it from the back window because you can't see it through the back window because they're built into the seat. Uh, it's a strange year, the, the Dodge, um, look it up. You can do the research. I don't know, but I can tell you that that is true. Uh, always remember that, but karate was the life, man. We went to tournaments and all that stuff. It was pretty cool. I really enjoyed karate. It definitely helped when I did MMA later on in life, but that's later on in life. Um, 
I also picked up skateboarding at some point, and I was skateboarding really heavily, man. I was skateboarding all the time. I spent hours outside with my skateboard. I waxed the curb, so I had a waxed curb out front, and I would just spend hours out there by myself. You know, sometimes the neighborhood kids would come over and visit me, but a lot of the times I was by myself. Um, I played a lot of football in the front yard by myself. I always pretended to be Brett Favre. Uh, that, that might have been before my mom left. I remember it was usually at night. And I would literally drop back on my football and throw it to myself and then kind of like run and catch it and do little invisible jukes. And anybody watching me probably thought I was on drugs, but I never needed drugs. I was always just like a nut and it, you know, got a couple of screws loose, but my parents never put me on meds. Thank God. Um, or thank whoever you want to thank Allah, thank nobody, thank science, thank whoever you got to thank, but thank the goodness of this world. Oh man. With that being said, skateboarding, big part of my life and wrestling. I just I think of wrestling. I don't really remember watching it too much. I do remember, you know, the Heartbreak Kid. I was a big Sting fan when he went all black. Um, I do remember the Ultimate Warrior. I remember McFoley, Dude Love. I remember, you know, Undertaker, the Giant. I don't remember Andre. I did my research on Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? The old days against Hulk Hogan. Uh, I remember uh, Yokozuma. I remember. Uh, Everybody jump aboard the whole train. What was his name? What was his name? What was his name? Oh, man. The Godfather. Everybody remember the Godfather. I know he was something else before the Godfather also. Um, NWO. Everybody remember NWO, those old school white, and then they went to the red, the red NWO shirts. I'm sure those are worth some cheese now, especially if you have brand new NWO shirts. Those are probably worth money. Oh, man. I should actually cop one of them. That would be dope. With that being said, a lot of wrestling, and that's around the time where uh, I had a PlayStation right before my mom left, and I grabbed Final Fantasy VII. I remember when Final Fantasy VII came out, my life changed. Prior to that, you know, I played a little Twisted Metal. I played a little bit of football games. I played Tech Mobile on my Game Boy back in the day, so I definitely go back. I played Final Fantasy III um, on my Game Boy played Final Fantasy Tactics, but Final Fantasy VII, man. When that game came out, that consumed a good part of my life. So once my mom left, we, with my dad's house, we basically had all the time to ourselves. We were able to do whatever we wanted um, in, in, you know, in rules, but my dad would go and work in the garage or do whatever he wanted. So if he, he was always in the garage, so we were more than welcome to be on the front street riding around with the kids. If there were any kids out, usually Tommy, uh, there were two kids down the street, Tommy and Alex, those are my boys. Tommy ended up being curiously gay, kissed a boy and found out. And after kissing a guy, I realized that he was no longer, he wasn't gay. That was always interesting to me, but my dad always called him tippy toe. My dad always thought that he was always told us, told me and my brother that he was going to be gay. Always. For some reason I was like, he's going to be gay. Now he's married to a woman. Very interesting. I don't know how he spotted that or what exactly was going on, but their father passed away when we were a kid. Super sad. He was in, I believe we were in kindergarten. So their their father passed away. I remember that. That was super sad. I always felt bad for them. Their mom, uh, I believe, smoked dope with my mom later on, and or maybe at the time. I'm not really sure. They may have been doing it when it happened. I know they went off a cliff somehow. I'm a, you know, R.I.P. Man, I don't even mean to put their business out there. Uh, that was my rock star can getting smacked by the cord because I threw my hands up. And apology, I shouldn't even mention that. But with that being said. With that being said, those are my dogs, man. Those are my dogs. Alex, man, that dude's so strung out now. I see him. The last time I seen him, I was with my son. We went to Baker's, 
and his grill was like asking for change outside. And Alex was always a heavier dude. Now he's skinny as me. And this dude looks like a skeleton though. Like even skinnier than me. It was like, Oh my God. Like that's a lot of heroin. Oh man. Watch out, man. That's all love for the guy. All love for the guy. He did steal a watch from my bedroom. I should have killed him. But if he wasn't my, you know, Man, I grew up with that guy. I know where he's at. He's in a bad world. He's he's still mixed up in the shadows, man. And it was, you know, I've robbed enough people. I didn't that's my brother, man. I had to had to handle it differently. I definitely spoke to him, but I did not do my usual consequences for those type of actions on that fella. With that being said, man, my life, you know, life definitely changed. We got a lot of alone time. Um I played a lot with uh finger motorcycles. We spent a lot of time at the motorcycle track. You know, we didn't spend too much once my mom left. We definitely went occasionally. We didn't spend half as much time. We, we used to go almost every weekend. We were at every race growing up, all all the time around motorcycles. But once my mom left, you know, it kind of slipped back for a little bit as my dad was trying to keep everything together. Um, I don't. She wasn't around when he got the motorcycle shop. So once she left, he still had a speedometer shop that was falling apart. And at some point, he opened a vintage motorcycle shop. I remember that because not only did he move locations, he went from Colton to Bloomington, but also we started going back to the motorcycle races. And it wasn't the regular motorcycle races. We would go to vintage races, which are pre-1975 and older. Awesome motorcycles. You have CZs. You have Husqvarna's. You have Husqvarna's actually come back. Um, CZ, I believe, kicked on the, the opposite side so instead of or shifted on the opposite side or possibly both. Um, very different, very different. But if they know, they know. There was another bike. I forget. There was a lot of bikes though. But my dad had a TT five hundred. You know, there was CR two fifties for sure. The the Elsinores. Um, you know, there was all types of beautiful bikes back then. I can talk older motorcycles with you one day. That's another episode. Love motorcycles. They've definitely gone up in value substantially since I was a child. Um. What hasn't, I guess, and that being said. Right around the time, you know, when I got to thinking about it was my second home. My second home tripped me out because it was like now as a kid, you had two homes. You ultimately did. You had just two homes. And you had my stepdad, you know, my mom and my stepdad, and then you had my dad's house. And the thing that tripped me out was um, my second home, the thing that I didn't ha- you know, that I had there that I didn't have the other one, fast driving. My stepdad drove fast. My mom started to drive fast just being around him. My stepdad was an asshole on the road. You know, he got out and fought with people that I heard. I never saw it personally. But my dad was, my stepdad was a very fast driver. My dad was a very slow blinker, stop signs, no tickets. Stepdad always getting tickets, smashing, going to jail, cars impounded. He lived a fast life. Um, there was a, it was loud. There was a lot of yelling in the house. You know, when, when he got mad, he got mad. So he would, there was yelling. My dad never yelled in the house ever. And I remember just yelling. There was a lot of smoking because they both smoked cigarettes. They both smoked inside. Um, he smokes players was the name of his cigarettes. Oh, uh, you know, coincidence. He had a wife when he was at the airport. Now he's with my mom, you know, like, I don't know how long it didn't take long. I don't think, I wonder how long after the vacation, before they finally moved in together because they had to live with it. And I don't know how long they lived with it, but foul language. The language barrier changed in my stepdad's house. He said every word in the book. My At my dad's house, we couldn't say butt and we couldn't say fart. 
you tooted out your out your booty. You know what I mean? Like it was totally different. Um around that time, you know, that's when I met my stepbrother and my stepsister. I remember I think I met my stepdad for the f- first time too. My stepdad at Old Spaghetti Factory we were introduced. We already knew him, but I mean, that's when we really knew that we knew him. However, I remember being introduced to my stepbrother and my stepsister who showed up in an MR2, the old school, like a probably a 91 MR2. That thing was dope. Showed up, and I remember being like, yo, that thing's cool. Like, I remember seeing that car. And then uh, my stepbrother got out. He was he was dope. He was actually in the X Games for rollerblading, inline skating. So he was somebody that I later looked up to. He later got a GSR Integra. That's all later down the line. But I remember all that, like, those dope things right there. And then I remember seeing my stepsister and I was a younger kid. We, we had porn when my, when my sister got kicked out, you know, we got in, we got into her porn stash, but we had porn from a young age. I'm not sure where we started getting it from as, as youngsters, but man, we, we had porn stashes for days. So when I saw my stepsister, she had some big old titties. I remember that. And I was like, what? Like my stepsister's like, why she gotta be my stepsister? I do remember thinking that that was an awkward moment. Put yourself, you know, the, the inner white boy came out of me because they're like, eh, she is a stepsister. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. But with that being said, folks, oh, man. So, um, yeah, I remember meeting all, you know, all the step step family now, and it was it was just a whole different household, man. And it, another weird thing was not knowing what to bring between houses. It would suck being at one house, and you got, like, a PlayStation, you know, PlayStation 2, for example, that I could play on the weekends when I was at my mom's house, but I couldn't take it to my dad's house. And it was like, so I get to play PlayStation 2 over here, but I ain't got no PlayStation 2 back home. Like, I got PlayStation 1 with some weak games, but I ain't even got the games that I got over here, and you can't bring them back and forth, which is always weird. And then the clothes, I bought you new clothes, and your new clothes ends up over here, and it that was always weird, and it was just, it was always weird things, man. There was a lot of complications with that type of thing. Um, my family never messed around with schedules. Everybody kept by the schedule. I remember the courts being involved and in being at the courthouse with my sister, because we went through the metal detector and I had crayons on me in a metal case and the metal case went off when I was going through the metal detector, but my sister followed shortly behind me it through the metal detector and they ran her back through and she went through with nothing, but they let me stand on the opposite side. So I had the metal box and she got researched, um, had nothing, but I do remember going into court and hearing my mom just like screaming down the hallways as we were sitting there. And then my sister like, all right, come on, we're going to go somewhere else. So it was always different, man. It was different once my mom left and just like we had an emotional person we can cry on their shoulder. But once my mom left, it was like there was no crying on my dad's shoulder. If you can't went up crying, my dad's favorite excuse, you know, if you were crying, he said, why are you cry- crying? Uh, I don't know. You want a reason? <laughs> That's what he'd tell us all the time. Like, you don't cry, man. You suck it up. You get through it. You know what I mean? As guys, I mean, that's just what we did. That's the way I was raised as a man and as a boy. You know, I definitely, my, my son, I'm there for him, man. If he's crying, man, I'm hugging this for him. I'm on him. My dad, he was very different. He's like, suck it up. You're good, which made us, you know, we were tough. We were, we were little tough kids, man. We were always wiling out, riding bikes all over. I remember getting hit by a car, just smashing around a corner too sharp going way too fast and bouncing off the front bumper and just keep riding different things. But, um, life was a trip, man. And with that being said, you know, I don't know where the emotion went or how it went from there. Um, I never felt emotion again until like my first love. 
I think, when I you know, met my baby's mom, um, my son's mom, because I do have a baby now, but not her mom. When I met my son's mom, which was later, later, later in life, man. But I don't even know why that happened, because there are multiple girls where it was just heartless in between, like, Vegas and all that stuff. Uh, Letitia, I miss you. If, if you can ever contact me, you're more than welcome. Um, I would love to know how your life has gone and where you went to. The 5.0 back in Vegas, it was Beautiful car, even though it was an automatic. Uh, worked at Lone Star. She was awesome. I met her. She was my ride or die when I was in Vegas. That was that was fun, man. That was a fun life. Crazy life. I'll get to that part. Um, the whole runaway, cooking crack. You know, that was wiling out, man. Wiling out. That's where I think the... That's where everything went to a next level. But the emotionlessness, I'm guessing, I'm guessing it happened around this point in life. Because I don't remember any emotion from... The point my mom left, everything is just a memory of conquering like football and just like winning or, you know, motorcycles and just like finishing building a motorcycle. But I don't really remember any emotion between any of those points. So that's why I wanted to title this one emotionlessness just because I couldn't find any after that. And it just went completely absent. Um, I remember being at my, you know, once my mom and stepdad did get together, things changed, man. But this is Bob Dog, Nipple Whiskers Podcast. Alarm's going off. I got to get my butt to work. Love y'all, man. Subscribe where you get your podcasts. You know what I mean? Listen, link up on social media. Hit me up. Um, let me know you got any questions, comments, concerns. I'll definitely update you on the next part of my story. Got to go. Love y'all. Appreciate you. Truly appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Um, watch out, man. Watch out. It's real. Love y'all. I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one. One.